tuning into Small Big Wings, a window to the world of young, ambitious problem solvers. They are makers, designers, builders, hackers, scientists who heard their inner voice and amplified it. To learn more about our guest and to view the highlights of this episode, head on over to fbw.hvj.coach. Listeners and learners, I'm talking today to Vineet Saraiwala, the founder of atypicaladvantage.in. True to the name, Atypical Advantage is a platform for the specially able. We could hire people with special abilities from all over India, whether they are executives for sales, IT, insurance, mutual funds, or freelancers like photographers, graphic designers, content writers, chefs, bakers, or book artists, singers, musicians, dancers, models, or service professionals, such as disability trainers and physiotherapists. It is also where a lot of atypical art is made available. Without this platform, we wouldn't have been aware of these multifarious special talents with the specially abled. Vineet makes it easier for India and Indians to make our communities more inclusive and further the agenda of social in ESG. Go ahead and take a look at atypicaladvantage.in to see inclusion in action. When life exhausts all options, the majority of us yield to it. And then there are a rare few amongst us who let their conviction, their initiative unfold to rise above that. Since the age of 16, Vineet has a degenerative condition called retinitis pigmentosa. It is a condition in which the eyesight deteriorates with the passage of time. Today, Vineet is 31 and he operates with 10% eyesight in his right eye. His left eye is unfortunately completely without eyesight. But this has not impacted his vision to serve not only the special amongst us, but also to open our eyes to the wonderful possibilities we could bring in the lives of the specially abled by integrating them into our communities. We need a very warm welcome to you to Small Big Wins. Thank you for inviting me. I think it's a joy to have you and converse with you. Thank you. Vineet, some way you have written that life is an illusion and you trick your optimistic mind in not believing the reality. It's like life is playing a game, a trap, and still you play it. Can you yeah. share that inner core where this is coming from and what this really means? So probably I wrote this uh, when I was probably at the top of my eye condition and uh, massive eye loss had happened and just to people who don't know about retinitis pigmento for me it has been a journey for example playing cricket at one point to watching Sachin Teldunkar bat to not seeing television and not playing cricket at one point I could ride two wheelers to no longer now so I call it a, a good difference between, let's say, reality and illusion, because sometimes 
just to give you an analogy when i used to go to an eye doctor he asked you how much could you see and i had memorized those lines and after 3 years again he used to ask me but the number reading was still the same so the point is i could imagine that here is a d or here is an h that probably is not reality to my eyes but it's an illusion which i am making in front of me similarly why i wrote this probably is i can see images blurred but i feel those dots for me up to my imagination for example if i cannot see something probably my imagination or the illusion fills that for me so that is why i wrote that and and it's it's a interesting journey because i was there in both worlds being a person without disability and being a person with disability so i've enjoyed both the journeys and probably my next half is to enjoy the other journey because in this what happens is every day every moment the sight keeps on deteriorating if you look at it it's it's a game <laughs> in in a way maybe a computer game the thing which is happening with me in my life and there is no end in sight and when i say that there is no cure for this and like a typical parenting my father mother and even me would have left no stones unturned in getting your sight back because you try very hard and we had tried ayurvedic homeopathy allopathy i have done all kinds of different palmistry numerology and even fastings and so on but i think everything has their own limitations so somewhere you need to accept your condition the way it is and probably that led to a lot of uh, clarity within me for the past uh, probably 25 26 years of my life i was not even able to accept myself and my eye condition i used to always feel low because there was no end in sight and uh, see naturally this condition is such that sooner or later the sight would go down and no amount of optimism confidence diet and so on would work so the idea is to accept that reality and also understand your own limitations when you stop focusing probably on your sight i think you understand probably other things which you have and look at things which you have rather than not that gave me a lot of focus because that deflected if you look at my work also probably the moment i stopped focusing on my sight i realized there was another beautiful world which was waiting for me instead of only focusing on the sight so these lines probably reflect some of my thoughts yeah when you're speaking now and i'm looking at you i'm smiling because you are smiling and you are able to say you are enjoying this phase and it's like a computer game for me it's unbelievable how you are able to say this how you are able to say it up so lightly and still smile along with it that is such a big inspiration for us you said you could not accept this for the last 25 years but the moment you started accepting it another world opened up for you how did that peace between not being able to accept and accept how was that journey how did you travel that that is the most difficult part for most of us yeah i think see everyone has their own journeys i'll just probably tell you see of uh, i was good in studies so for the first 25 26 years look at any marginal individual or someone have suffering from any condition be it a woman or transgender a person with disability a refugee you would see that they would go an extra mile to prove the world that okay 
I am a person with disability, but I could do like this. And I would say the first 25 years had gone in that length, let's say making it to the best B school in India, Indian Institute of Management, Bangalore, cracking the entrance exam in spite of the condition, then probably cycling 5,000 kilometers, doing so many half marathons, always trying to have good monetary compensation in terms of working with the corporate, doing so many things within that corporate, again, to get the best marks or best salaries and so on. But I, if I look back, at those scenarios, it was always about proving to the world that, okay, here is a person with visual disability. He cannot see, but he has cycled 5,000 kilometers or he cannot see, but he has run seven, eight half marathons. And for me, it was always about my time. People would tell you, whoever have cycled with me that he, for example, at one point, there was a rule that I'll not take out my cycle if someone does not go at least a hundred kilometers with me at a single stretch. So you need to be capable to go with me on a cycle at least 100 kilometers. If someone says he wants to ride 20 kilometers, I'll say, sorry, boss, I am not doing cycling with you. That was the competitiveness within me. Same way with marathons and same way even getting into I am Bangalore. It was just a manifestation of that competitive spirit as well as proving. And a lot of times you go extra length to prove to the world. Here is one incident which actually was, so I had gone trekking and it was Harish Chandra. It is like a rock climbing thing. 90 degree climb is there. It's a quite a difficult trek. A lot of people have died there also. And I was there in the middle of that 90 degree climb and my, and I was crawling on both my hands and both my legs. And basically in the middle, I said, okay, I, I like, I think I've made a very stupid decision to come to the trek halfway through. I am very sure every non-disabled also feels that through in the middle of a trek. But for me, it was more risky uh, because life was at stake. And sometimes in this, despite showing to the world syndrome, you could say you go too far. And, and there is a small difference between adventure and foolishness. That was complete foolishness in going too far to show to the world that look here is a person with visual disability who can do difficult treks in spite of being low on sight and so on. So that is something which you need to realize. I didn't realize it. And that competitiveness was always there within me of showing to the world though competi competition is good as such and I never viewed myself from a person with visual disabilities lens but was always very competitive but that left a scar within me in terms of always trying to prove things to other people and I actually realized it that there's no I don't need to prove anything to anybody irrespective of if I quit my job or if I run slowly or cycle slowly or even not get into any kind of b-school also in spite of my own challenges and after that probably i started reflecting within saying that i think it's high time i also say this that probably you have proven enough so you could say this but i think the moment you start caring about the world and reflecting about yourself and your own inner journeys, I think magic starts happening. For me also, for example, quitting my rosy corporate was also very difficult. But I, I think a lot of other people encouraged me saying that India would lose an opportunity to do social good at scale. This is a great idea. And I consider myself privileged in a lot of ways. I have a safety net in terms of my family. So if I being 
in so much privilege and with the bag kind of background which i have if i don't owe to the society then whose responsibility is to transform the country that is my lens that is the reason you also say that retinitis pigmentosa is the perfect intersection between reality and illusion you worked for almost 6 years with the future group yeah yes and i was uh, seeing some of the fantastic initiatives which you have taken over there like the quiet hour with 35 stores across india big bazaar for autistic people in your interactions with your other corporate managers leaders at future group there would have been instances during meetings where there is a thought emerging from that discussion but just because of the position in which you are because of the way you are able to think because of the constraints which you face you gave a perspective which was completely different yeah yeah in fact that's uh, pretty true in fact that is why statistics and research reports have shown the importance of diversity within corporate boardrooms and i encourage corporates to actually have diverse voices within the most senior leadership as such i used to report to the ceo and over 150000 shoppers with disability have shopped across the retail stores because there was no place in the country where people with disabilities can go outside get shopping assistance get accessible trial room and washroom have a trained and sensitized who understands their requirement quite are again was a fabulous example where 15000 people with autism came to the stores less light sound trolley movement were there a uh, lot of credit goes to me but actually that is the story i was just one of the numerous store teams which uh, did this initiative and i'll tell you because i think people forget humanity there is no special training which is required to talk to another fellow human being i think humanity is that biggest lens and that i understood probably when we were doing quiet hour imagine convincing the senior leadership that people will autism will come to your stores and shop and the perception is first the staff has never understood autism don't know what people with autism are and so on and a mainstream retail uh, venture making a claim that we invite people with autism to the stores so that was the first thing second there was no, uh, normal stereotypes saying that people with autism will break crockeries they will steal stuff the third thing autism is a difficult disability we don't know what can happen what can go wrong the staff let's say who are not trained are not equipped enough we did a basic sensitization and training session and so on but what i did something different is give that ownership to the store and in fact one of the ngo who are well versed in training and sensitization came back to me and said that close the food section of your store and don't tell your staff to talk to a person with autism if they want to talk to the caretaker so i was also very scared because those were initial days and i told my team not to interact with people with autism not to talk to them talk to the caretaker for those of you who don't know quieter quieter is a dedicated one hour sound light trolley movement are reduced and people with autism can come to the stores and shop so on the same tuesday uh, there was a meltdown in our store so a lot of mothers come to our stores to teach shopping skills as well as ba- paying basic money on teaching their sons and daughters how to uh, handle money how to handle shopping what are the different kinds of things in public spaces and so on so probably the mother was forcing the daughter 
to pay the money to the cashier and probably her intention was good and the daughter started yelling and shouting and she had a meltdown and a staff came gave a smile nudged that girl made her sit down gave her a glass of water and the meltdown and her yelling and shouting reduced and after that her mother started crying at her top of her voice saying that this is the first time her daughter is treated with equality and treated with respect and again there is no training to be given here in terms of how to interact with a fellow human being and I, when i asked that staff that we told you not to do this right and you do it exactly what was not supposed to be done but these experiences will never happen if we don't interact with people as other uh, human beings and same way we completely gave our store team the complete freedom and things will never be perfect i believe lack of exposure creates the greatest divide in our society most of our stereotypes beat with race religion caste creed geography is because we don't have enough exposure about the other person so unless that exposure does not happen you'll never learn uh, how other people behave or what are the right ways or wrong ways so on and that is now for example after a year people with autism started coming to the stores the staff started knowing the person with autism and it's a beautiful journey and a good relationship so a lot of ngos started inviting all our store teams for their cultural activities and so on and i think this is what we need to create in our uh, world in a longer <laughs> sense so on this condition started affecting you from 16 but when you were growing up did your parents allow you a lot of exposure we are from a small town in jamshedpur and for those of you who don't know my brother is also a person with visual disability so till 16 we were not aware in fact 16 we were diagnosed with retinitis pigment before that the story was that we'll have a basic lasik surgery when we turn 18 and everything will be rosy and that was our perception and we said okay till 18 years we'll wait and then have a surgery and everything will be well 16 one of the doctors uh, told us that we have retinitis pigmentosa my parents obviously were unaware we ourselves were unaware i was in bangalore in my undergraduation and we were completely clueless on how probably we would even study forget common aptitude test which is again a huge competitive exam there i was introduced to screen reader which is like how i use on things on a day to day basis and probably i completely owe a lot of things to three teachers in bangalore who taught uh, me and my brother on skype on how to crack common aptitude test and in fact they helped us so unconditionally on how to study things without having sight probably we owe a lot to our teachers our parents in terms of they were very overprotective after the uh, condition uh, for me and my brother both like any other parent uh, having a child with disability extremely overprotective even post grad and in fact now also because i'm staying in home they are sometimes concerned and sometimes i feel that their concerns are valid but i think uh, naturally most of the parents are very overprotective for any child of theirs and especially probably a child with disability in terms of assistive aids or ways of living me and my brother have figured out that through us and probably serendipity of other but yeah parents are parents so i'll not say that uh, <laughs> parents have given up like uh, complete freedom to us but 
Yeah. You say that the opposite of love, if not hate, it is also love. Can you talk about that? Yeah, this actually came from my journey of acceptance, I would say. Because I always used to hate my condition, always used to blame God, stopped going to all kinds of temples and because nothing was working out. And for me, I used to hate myself as well as all the external factors. Like I used to hate the doctor which did it to me. So in standard 11, I had surgery because of which you can right now also see my left eye is very small compared to the right eye. And it's not symmetrical. And so my disability was there on the face. So the first thing which people used to ask me is why is your left eye smaller than the right? And I used to feel very bad. I stopped going to functions because that was the first thing which people used to ask me. And after that, I started wearing tinted glasses. And those glasses were probably there to deceive the society. Uh, where the glasses were blurred in a ways, if people used to look from outside, could not make out uh, the left eye. I wore that for four or five years, a thing. And always used to hate doctor, hate the God. Uh, for me, any allopathic doctor were like devils for me. But I just realized that that hate is probably coming from me. It is not a reflection on the doctor or even the external factors. Because if I have hate within me, I will always manifest to other people and always blame things which are beyond your control. And I think the first thing which anyone does for things which are beyond their control are saying that, okay, this is because of this or that. So I used to always do that and probably a lot uh, because of my eye surgery, I always used to feel very bad about this and that manifested in that hate for the doctor. And right now, if you see after so many years, I'm not wearing a spectacles at all. I am naked to the society in a complete sense, whatever it is. And probably if I flip that lens and start manifesting love, and have no hatred irrespective of the situations i think that probably helps me to be a better person rather than anything else and what is your relationship or idea of spirituality this is uh, probably a tough question i'll just give you a small story and this story is for me whenever i'm low or depressed i always send my energies there i had gone to a marathon ladakh marathon and i cycled on the highest motorable road in this country khardung love and uh, i was running in the pangong so lake 14000 feet practicing for the ladakh marathon which is 21 kilometers half marathon in these high places obviously there the weather is quite nice serene and so i was like running there and it, it's very difficult breathing there also and i just thought to myself in that moment that i think the biggest gift which each one of us have you me or anyone listening is that we are breathing every moment and rest all are just extras and i have two hands two legs i have a good family some wealth a good brother and probably good schooling and so on. So if you look at my extras, I think I have so much abundance uh, within me. And what I choose to focus is probably on the site. Whenever I feel low or whenever I depressed, I just center my thought on counting my extras and all the other things fall in place. For me, spirituality is probably just connecting with your inner self and being in gratitude for whatever you have. Do I meditate occasionally? And that too also probably to center myself. I don't go to any kind of temples. 
whenever i want to feel spiritual i just focus on my breath and it just calms me down another experience which is probably coming from my vipassana is to be in equanimity it reflects on my work for example we have a company policy that we not apply for any awards because we believe that our work itself is the biggest award and uh, award creates a sense of false ego and then your objective becomes winning award rather than doing your work so we are very clear in our approach and that helps us to center us down collectively employees as well as me individually you would not apply for any awards but i am sure you would have been approached for many awards what did you no to we we decline it uh, saying that as a company policy we don't apply for any awards and this is our lens of looking at things and a uh, lot of them still tell us but we completely decline it uh, as such because i am i'm see values are something which are non negotiable so you need to stand for something if i have taken a stand in terms of this and i've seen this myself with uh, other brands as well as my previous i have seen that it's very easy to go in on that path and when you win these awards and laurels sometimes you have a sense of false ego and pride and and then you probably deflect from your work if your focus is on your work i think your work is the biggest award right what joy in creating more and more livelihood across this country what better award could anyone get for doing this and we don't need award for doing our own said we do not need award for doing our own work why is it so difficult for people to relate and empathize with the specially abled and did you face any such situations also particularly in your corporate stint see for me i faced some difficulties in my placements not in the corporate setting i i think because i was reporting into the ceo i think a lot of things had easily trickled down and probably having a b school dispelled all your stereotypes as such and probably the b school tag definitely helps and the other thing is probably i was continuously proving with my work within the company in terms of whatever projects were given to me so after you prove yourself i think a lot of that journey becomes very easy but i'll probably talk like on my placement days in so i was uh, summer internship i did it with hul sales and marketing one of the best marketing companies in our campus finals a lot of corporates used to ask me these questions that how would you handle rural stint or how would you travel how do do you work and that again comes from that fundamental problem of lack of exposure if right now probably for example they would not know that a blind person can use computer or smartphone or excel mm. and do complex financial calculation just like anyone else like for example my brother is one of the best investment bankers in this country and uh, in even in terms of pay package he would probably be one of the highest paid bankers in his batch of 415 people which is nothing to do with disability it's completely his hard work and merit and grit on what he does. he still works 18 20 hours a day so corporates would not have seen that and and this is again my brother would never be in the public sense talking about himself because he does not like it as a person which is completely fine but the idea why i mentioned uh, this is that any person with or without disability can be the best versions of them themselves with technology because not tech technology is a, one of the biggest equalizers and lot of companies who were there on the other side when i was giving my interviews in the im 
campus did not understand this lens and always never trusted also probably uh, future group surprisingly did not ask about my disability at all and probably that also goes to the person who is interviewing me rather than the companies because sometimes probably when you have conversations as equals as someone as probably a fellow human you understand lens at a deeper level and that is what uh, we need in our society the more the exposure of different diversity i think more the situation will improve other ways i don't think it there is no formula to create uh, awareness other than exposure during your corporate stint could you share some examples where because of the input which you gave the complete perspective changed yeah so there are numerous examples so let me tell you about my first interaction when i was presenting to the senior leadership on complex analytics work which i had done the first reactions of any senior leader in any organization so they clapped for me okay saying that oh this is so nice but they also clapped because uh, maybe i was a person with visual disability and they had never seen a person with visual disability working on computers and that to excel and in terms of inputs which was given i think the entire inclusion initiative which you see in the company uh, and it had like times of india front page advertisements so the company was entirely banking on the initiative which i had developed for 3 years and uh, that perspective of viewing people with disability as as customers most of the people and organizations would always view people with disabilities from a charity lens okay let's hire them more so we also used to work on hiring people with disabilities but i was the one who pitched this idea to view people with disabilities as customers and shoppers and give them that equal respect saying that ultimately we want to give them comfortable shopping experience because we want a share of their wallet and uh, no one had ever thought through because all what we think through in the media is probably a lens of charity but here we said that no treat them as a segment of shoppers who have not come into the shopping arena we want to create dedicated shopping days for them like for example we created a dedicated shopping discount day for them before our mega discount so that they can come and shop at peace and we give them the same level of discount and shopping assistance and you'll not believe 7500 shoppers with disability turned up on a single day nice. and we generated 3.3 cr of sales from people with disabilities no one will believe this because no one had ever thought the potential of pe- viewing people with disabilities as customers always people with disabilities would be viewed from a charity and a sympathy lens but this lens completely flipped and l- the sales is there for everyone to see there are 130 million people with disabilities in the country the census puts the number at 23 24 Uh, million but uh, the numbers are grossly underreported the world bank puts the numbers of india's uh, disabled population at least at a 10% so you could easily calculate the numbers so we believe that there are people with disabilities who can pay and can be treated with respect and create facilities from uh, a shopping or a customer lens that's stunning and the numbers are also stunning being a marathon runner being a tandem cyclist what's the next conquest 
I have become very healthy in my lockdown and a typical advantage is <laughs> taking too much of my time. I've stopped everything uh, and, and see my next conquest. I don't know. Probably I think once a typical advantage settles down a bit, I think it's a difficult journey. It has not been even a year. We had already like 60,000 unique visitors on the platform. All major brands are hiring, giving performances, shows. 50 artists with disabilities have at least sold one painting on our platform. On the professional side, obviously, my vision is to create at least 100 opportunities for people with disabilities every day in the next one year. So I'm working towards that on the professional setting. On a personal setting, I have this dream to do. This is, it, it's called the, the Red Bull Trans-Siberian Extreme, which is, it's basically mapping the entire Russia from west to the east, starting from Europe to Vladivostok in Japan. So that is my ultimate uh, personal expedition that I probably would get someone to do this crazy 9,000 plus kilometers on a tandem bike. I don't know when that will happen. But that is definitely there in my bucket list post. Yeah, atypical advantage. That is really atypical. Vineet, so far, how many people have been hired from your platform? We actually work into different verticals. So overall, we would have close to impacted 130 plus people with disability from our platform. We don't want to again get into the numbers game because these numbers are very deceptive. Mm. Once you start impacting 1000 lives, you'll say, why not impact 10,000 lives? And when you impact 10,000, you'll say that let's impact 1 lakh. So you'll never feel satisfied in that joy of stillness. And for us, every life we transform is extremely critical. And as this platform is highly scalable and probably the only important solution to a very massive problem, right? Three-fourths of people with disabilities in our country don't get any support from the government or non-governmental organizations put together. The unemployment rates are very bleak. 3x what the Indian employment numbers are for people without disabilities. So if you look at it, it's a huge problem which we are trying to tackle. No one knows what people with disabilities are good at, where they can find talent, where they can give opportunities. So it will take some time to aggregate the entire supply as well as create more awareness for corporates. But as I told you earlier, we don't want to get into the number. Our only metrics is what we define for ourselves. And we are very happy growing organically. You'll hardly find anything in terms of uh, huge marketing spend for us. Because I think time is, again, the biggest teacher as such. So, and time and patience are very important. So for us, we are trying to create our own path. As So let's see, it's interesting and exciting journey forward for me in the next two and a half, three years. Yeah, I think if in one word, I would define what you just said, it is selfless. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. From a lady called Margaret Mead. Yeah, <laughs> that's so beautiful. In fact, yeah, Dharmraj, all the quotes are quite nice. Yeah. He, he would have told you some of them he carries in this bag, probably to absolutely. Like, yeah, we have we have spoken about that in, yeah, in, in the podcast. <laughs> what is the question which you would like to be asked, but you are not asked generally? And what is the question which you don't like to be asked, but are always asked? <laughs> 
I I would prefer if someone asks, okay, Vineet, how are you doing? I think that that probably very I've seen very few people engaging with the other person at a personal level, and and I always probably when I speak to a lot of corporates, I try to keep that conversation slightly personal because sometimes in our day to day course we forget to. reflect back and that's a huge struggle for me also but i would like to see the world transform with probably this simple question because people uh, nowadays have become very transaction including me as such where your focus is completely on work and sometimes you even uh, forget to self heal or take care of yourself and i have realized this after a grueling last 8 9 months stint of, of single mindedly focusing on the startup it requires that effort and commitment but i think uh, also you need to take care of your own because that will ultimately lead to benefiting of more communities and then burnout might not occur um, because you are working out of from a sense of joy and bliss so it's also good to enjoy that journey and that is why probably this number game is a very deceptive pursuit because you'll never feel satisfied so i've stopped looking at all those things and yeah just only looking at uh, the communities which we serve and listening to their stories at the same time creating that impact so i would be very happy if people ask me this question that oh vinith how are you doing today this no one does as such as such and probably one question which everyone asks and not right now probably but ha uh, 2 3 years back people used to ask me about okay when are you getting married <laughs> but now i think that has died down which is good for me vinit aur kuch aap share karna chahenge yahan pe something which you think if spontaneously arising in you just now no i think i've shared a lot already yeah the core is i think equanimity to net not get into egos when something good happens or even not feel bad about uh, your low points or things like that it's difficult to do this for example we get so many appreciation from our artists when our painting their paintings get sold right or someone's product which they have made get sold by a picked up by a consumer or someone gets a job or an artist gets some shows or a blind massager gets a booking and every day we get so many stories and we can obviously feel in ego that look i have done that or our employees have created this or we have done it the core message for me is i think we are all instruments of service and we should always view us and this i'm quoting not from myself but this is again a very powerful line from this movie called the man who knew infinity where ramanujan one of the greatest mathematicians of all times says that we are always the medium but never the light we don't invent anything but only discover things which have already been invented by god so it's it's very true for every human being and no one should always view that they are the end or things are happening because of them because for me also this platform is not because of me but so many visible and invisible forces who are coming to me helping in their own ways so it's not about me at all i think i am just one of that instrument of doing service so i i should be privileged in a way 
so that probably anchors me this is absolutely wonderful vineet what reminds me and do allow me to say this is this beautiful song again dharmaraj and me both identify with a lot is vaishnav janto tene kahiye je peed padai jane re par dukhe upkar kare to man abhiman na mane re Thank you so much, Vineet, for joining me today on Small Big Wins. This is a big win. What you are doing, a lot of deep reverence to your parents and uh, to the wonderful teachers who have had an impact on your life. And uh, my best wishes for you and your brother always. Thank you for inviting me. And that's Dhanvarad's quality. Sometimes I randomly call him to listen to this call and cut that call. I have told him also. <laughs> yeah. So no, I 